What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast here on another, another four straight Victory Mondays. We will discuss this great win that we had this past Saturday and what we deemed was the most important game of the year. And we'll get into how it was not in our favor one bit to start, but then it ended up in our favor. Missouri State was exactly how we expected them to be. I'm Nick, I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, like I said, biggest game of the year and terrible start. But then once we got in the groove, like I said, we showed – or Missouri State showed what – you know, they are, they will get into like them barely doing anything in the latter part of the game. They kind of almost gave up, but no, we were all over them. What's going on? Yeah, it was uh, the opening quarter. We basically saw, um, at least offensively, we saw the team we saw last week in the second half and uh, didn't think it was going to end up very well going on the road with New Missouri State, basically playing for their season. Um, but Everything settled down, and everybody really started doing their job. And, yeah, big win um, really helps us um, get into that 4-2 mark, staying undefeated in conference play. So um, I know probably everybody wants to see a conference championship team, and um, this this team starting putting their self up there in contention. Yeah, we're doing exactly how we expected. Like, we knew the Dakota states are going to be near the top, but we were wondering if we were going to be that third team right behind them because that's exactly what Missouri State was last year and what they were deemed to be this year. And now that we have the head-to-head win, along with them losing four straight and dropping out of the rankings, dropping out of everything, and almost killing – even though it's a, they lost, they you know they got killed at home against us. So – how, who knows how that's going to affect them the rest of the way, depending upon what they do, what their schedule is. We might jump into that, but we might have ended their season, as we talked about on the preview of what we could have done. So, yes, it was a dominating win, a 17-point victory. We'll dive into that, along with the typical stuff. We might even have one important recruit that we uh, have been wondering about his stats we've been talking about for weeks, and we finally got those. We'll talk about that near the end we will we will preview western illinois the struggling western illinois at the end of this like i said along with the usual stuff in between so no let, let's let's jump into this huge victory and but let's start off with we always obviously wonder who's hurt before the game we found out before that cam battery was not playing due to concussion we found out which I guess people just found out throughout the game. I don't recall fully. I think they did. Sluky Sports Radio on Twitter mentioned Romir, who did not play in this game, uh, with uh, what was it again? Rib injury. A rib injury, and but they, they Nick did say that they you know could have used him if they if they really had to. We'll jump into who filled his spot, did it well. Uh, so Romir did not play, Cam did not play, and, he, and they reiterated again that Isaiah Hartrip's out probably for the season, and then Pop Jones is also out for a long time, as we've known as well. So we always want to get that out of the way. Uh, so, no, we, we got the ball first, of course. Is there anything else to cover in the pregame that you think? I always think if I'm missing something. Maybe no, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. So then we got the coin toss, and we deferred to the second half, Noah, and – I mean, thinking that's what we always do, and to start off the game, they only went four plays, and we knew starting off strong because of how terrible our second half was last week, as we know. And next thing you know, you know, they were driving. Jakari Wright had a, had a nice game in this one for sure in the second half, 
I guess didn't get a whole lot going. Shelly was running a whole lot on their first one, uh, on the on this first drive. And the next thing you know, Shelly, uh, he was out of the pocket constantly. We'll get to the fact that we got to him so many times. Once again, got out of the pocket, Noah, and tried to find a receiver, forced it in there. And who else? Branson Combs, who's been the light of everything on our defense right now, the interviews, et cetera, the, you know, the quote-unquote leader of this team to start the year coming into his own, talking about pro stuff in the pregame, and then he jumps off with a great start to pick this one off, no end coverage again, what he did in the Northwestern game. Uh, I mean, that was the hottest start you could possibly imagine, right, Noah? Jump into offensively where we were in the same place as we were in the second half of last game, get into how terrible this first, our first possessions or your thoughts on that pick, our first terrible possessions and the fact that they were just killing us right away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Branson Combs with his, uh, I believe second pick of the year, a should have three, got one taken away, pick six against Northwestern. So he's, Ever since that Northwestern game, he has uh, really this defense has found this momentum and they're continuing to do it. I mean, yeah, absolutely a great play. Um, him coming from being on the offensive side of the ball, now making that transition, and he read his eyes and great play on that. Then, yeah, our offense, obviously, no real mirror, so Justin Strong got the start. Um, One-yard run, then – an incomplete to Javon, then a sack for 15 yards, which um, really Torre, Abu Torre, struggled for the first time this year, really. Um, I think that was one of the sacks he let up. Um, then another crappy punt by Nathan Torney, nothing new there. So um, really just not executing right away, just like we did, kind of conservative, kind of a little bit to start. I know you want to get the run game going, but um, – not a great start offensively, shooting ourselves in the foot, um, really just getting in our own way once again. Um, but then they they come back right again. They score an easy touchdown. I mean, Jacardi Wright and Jason Shelley let them down the field. So right then and there, you're down seven nothing. Yeah, they knew. Hey, Jason, we know you're <clears throat> had a great <clears throat> excuse me a great season throwing the ball. Wasn't the best start, so let's just run it constantly on that ne- on that final drive. And it only took four plays. They went the whole fifty yards after that bad punt. Barely took two minutes off the clock. And our punt on our first drive took it seemed like thirty seconds off the clock. The huge sack ended that. Took like maybe a minute fifteen off. Seemed like it took way less than that. Next, so that's like the ultimate uh, momentum killer. After that, yeah, they went and did that, and then we punted again. Took a minute forty off the clock, and. You know, we were getting Bryce Miller involved early, which was good, and then tried to get Jacob involved, couldn't get anything. Justin Strong, we'll get to him. He had a bounce-back game and complete to him. But nothing nothing doing, fourth and 19. I mean, no, he took a – I mean, did he take a – yeah, he took a huge – what was it? Yeah, he sacked for nine yards on this one. That's how we got down in distance a lot. Then Tony had a 40-yarder, better than his previous. Oh, well, we give the ball right back to him. Then they go for four plays, 68 yards. 68 yards, same thing again, even though Shelly completed a pass for 35. And then 26 to Tyrone Scott. Uh, and, Noah, there was one in this game we'll get to maybe, right, or was it on this one? Tyrone Scott got injured in this game. It was a – was it this one? The huge yes. play, yeah, to the five-yard line. Huge play. And they said on the broadcast it was going to be Sports Center top 10, which in my 
might have very well been. I'm not sure, but he made an incredible catch and he and he hurt himself. He like got up immediately like he was going to celebrate and then he was walking slowly away. And then we didn't see him again. Noah, unbelievable play by him. So Noah down early this much, and they ended up scoring on that. Shelley found one of his receivers for a touchdown. 14 nothing, Noah, but great catch by Tyrone Scott. It's a good thing that he was out for the game because it honestly limited them offensively, even though he had been healthy in previous weeks and when they struggled later in games. But Noah, that play was incredible. And we were literally down. I mean, I'll get in the first quarter here when we didn't score, we were outscored. 140 yards wise, 144 to 26 in total yards in the first quarter. Noah, like we said on the tweet, it might have been the worst start of the season, but then obviously we bounced back. Yeah, obviously not exactly how you want to start. I mean, defense um, got a turnover early, offense still not be able to capitalize. I mean, just shooting themselves in the foot, getting behind the chains, not where you want to be on the road, um, down early like this. Um, but it's nothing new. I mean, this team has faced adversity all year long. It's how you bounce back. And next drive, we were able to, well, almost another three and out, but Torney um, got off a punt and they ran into him. So that's a five yards. And we got a first down on fourth and two out of that. Um, then Nick was able to find Avante. Javon got going in the run, in the run game. Then, uh, we fell short on the fourth down trying to get to Avante. It was broken up by uh, Dylan Thomas uh, on fourth and three. So we turned it over on downs, still down 14 nothing. Um, but our defense came right back out there and got a three and out from Missouri State. So offense got the ball back. Yeah, and back to that one drive, because uh, Avante did get that after we did, after 20 did get run into him. Before that, Sean Lester had a nine yard run. So we're getting his – he had a, an awesome day for a true freshman. We're excited about him. The team's excited about him. He had a nine-yard run on that before, you know, and got us two fourth and two before we did punt have that happen. Yeah, and then Avante caught that pass, which tied him with Cornell Craig uh, with consecutive games with a catch, which we talked about how it's it's crazy that he's done in every single game he's played in. Cornell Craig, I think, had three or four games in his career in, that, in the stretch of games where he didn't have a catch. So Avante will surely pass him next week, knock on wood. But he did do that. You're right, and it's it's stink not getting. And he did to find try to find Avante on that right there. And then no, you're right. We did get them on turnover on downs. They threw the ball on fourth and two at our 46. You know, I can understand going for it. They're in our territory. We're not doing anything. It's like why not? It's just it was kind of a crappy play. So why do you do that? So we got lucky, got our defense off the field, and then, yeah, we went down five plays, 54 yards. Uh, which before the before the first quarter ended that's when the stats were as crazy we were and as soon as we came back out of the half no a trick play javon passed to avante for 28 yards and then we had a false start do you remember who this false start was on by chance torre uh, i'm not sure I, I don't know if you remember or not because then when you talk about his struggles and we'll get to how maybe the line changed throughout this game and then justin strong we talked about had a bounce back game had a this 20 yard run for a touchdown uh and then it was a penalty on them. We were glad it could have been a penalty on us, but it wasn't. We got a touchdown, and no, we got them to punt. Minute 50 of the clock. This one we started to get to Shelley. Got sacked for seven yards at the end of this. Uh, and we talked about how Missouri State kind of does their damage, and then they kind of just fall off a little bit. Like, they kind of get complacent. So then, no, we sacked him out of our multiple punts in this game. And then 
And then we were able to get – and then and t- take us through that next drive of what the big plays were. Like I said, we were able to get to them, sack them. That was one of the many in this game. And then, and then what did we do? Yeah, that's really when uh, LaShawn Lester, um, like you said, had a really big game. Got him going. Him and Javon. I mean, Javon with uh, Ramir out. Got to see him a little bit more getting the ball out of the backfield, handoffs and such. Not only just wildcat stuff, but um, both really got going. Um, Nick was able to uh, really find some guys. Um just taking what they gave us, I mean, Javon was found, Avante was found, um, Jacob Garrett was found on this drive, some really good drives. Um, but uh, we were able to uh, finish finish the half with a field goal by Jake, um, 25 yards out. Um, he He's uh, been hit and miss a little bit here lately, but he finished strong in that half. So um, somehow, some way, Really didn't think it would happen, but we had a lead at halftime. Yeah, and that drive we had, Nick underthrew Deontay a lot, got him to – didn't you say, was this the play where you thought he maybe rolled over into the end zone? Maybe they screwed him over. But Nick highly underthrew him, Deontay, and they were joking on Twitter after the game that it was, it was Nick's bad again, underthrowing him for that score. So Deontay just finds multiple ways to get open and set us up. And it says here on this fall start that it was Colin Smith – who did it didn't say it on the previous one of them. It took us a little bit, took us to fourth and goal to get in for Javon for that touchdown. The end and let them punt again, sacked him again. Keenan Agnew got here for five yards and then whoever again sacked him for another five yards. Then they're down in your right. Uh, Jake nailed this field goal at the half. So we'll look at halftime stats. Uh, Nick was pretty efficient. And then we talked about how – and Javon, who was the player of the week in the Valley offensively because he was doing everything at the half, he had two of three for 37 throwing. Justin was leading us with four for 28. Javon – or he had the touchdown. Javon had his touchdown with eight for 17. Sean Lester, four for 12. And then Nick was getting sacked a lot to start. Negative uh, 24, so that's what makes that look as bad as it is. And then Avante – this was this is what Avante we, what we expect from him at a halftime. Six six catches, sixty six yards. Deontay two for forty two. Javon three for twenty nine. Sean caught a pass. Good to see him. Bryce he got start or got started off in the game with a catch. Didn't see him the rest. And then Justin and Jacob with one apiece. Uh, and then Branson's pick. Noah. Uh, did we do we do we have stats for maybe who was leading us defensively out or like tackle wise? Per se. And by the way, we'll get into every three weeks. We'll try to do our stats, you know, where, the you know, our player stats, overall team stats, and then maybe where we rank in the FCS. We'll get to that here shortly. Noah, uh, who, who led us in tackles at halftime? Are you, do you know anything? I do not. Um, I don't think we posted them at halftime. Uh, but uh, it was, uh, it was pretty good. I mean, we have, Team stats wise, doubled them in first downs, yeah. the over three and third down efficiency. Um, but we out, had more yards than them. I mean, they outrushed us, but passing, we basically doubled them. So um, penalty wise, it was two by two by each team. But um, we led the turnover battle. They had one. We didn't have any. So in the possession wise. Um, 18 minutes and 45 seconds compared to their 11 and 15. So 
Um, being able to control the ball, had some good long drives, really to be able to sustain drives. We did this in a couple drives in the second half. Um, we've been we've been needing this for a while because most of the time, the last couple of years, our defense, um, it was either a quick three and out or we scored really quickly uh, and put our defense right back up there. But really started this year, we can able to sustain some drives. Yeah, and then you said earlier that you did say on the preview that it, it's just crazy how bad we can start. And then all of a sudden we flip a switch to where we're clicking on literally every cylinder. And and Nick was asking the uh, and the presser about, you know, how uh, he gets his team going after being – and like what he says or anything when you're when they're down like that. He, he always says that there's like nothing they do. They just figure – and they know they have to do their jobs. There's really nothing he says. He said that in the Illinois State home game. We were down 17 nothing at half. Said that there was really nothing that had to be said. The guys knew what they had to do, and just the flip of the switch in this game. All right, you said that we can kind of be our own worst enemy, but when we're clicking on all cylinders, that we can pretty much beat anybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's crazy sometimes that um, what we see out there. I mean, first part of the game in that first quarter, your defense really. I mean, first drive came out to play, got a pick, got a turnover. In the first two minutes of the game, then uh, offense does nothing but go right out there and shoot theirself in the foot and not execute and give the ball back and really spot the team because our offense wasn't executing 14 points because um, a team like that that puts up 30-something points a game, you can't really – you're not going to stop them. They're eventually going to score some and right you shoot yourself in the foot, like I said, not executing, not doing your job right, and you put yourself in a hole, which not a, sometimes you can't get out of. But really, I mean, you've seen, you've seen after that first quarter, you've seen the rest of the way of the game. Um, execution was on point, doing your job right, and you've seen the team we can be. Exactly, and and. It feel like if you do that to a team like this, that they're not gonna. And we talked about their struggles. I guess they're the they're an outlier. I guess to they're to the teams that, you know, you can't do this against the Dakota State teams. You can't dig yourself a hole and then come back. It might work out, but even a team like Missouri State who had struggles, it seemed like they're a team you couldn't do that with. You can't do it against anybody or, or against everybody. The only certain teams you can get away with for. So, yeah, I mean. And we ended up scoring 38 unanswered in this game, but to kick off the second half, another play, Deontay, that got us to the one, and then Javon got us in for his second. Um, and then they – I mean, they were punting. I mean, we they punted, we scored. We went 96 yards, and they were almost eight minutes off the clock. Javon had 21 yards on back-to-back runs. They were committing a lot of penalties. They were offsides a lot in this game, especially when we were down in, or in short distance. They were hesitant wanting to get to the quarterback. We had a couple more false starts. Sean Lester got involved, kept going. No, he had a run for 27 yards on first down at their 46, got us to the 19. And then Nick connected with Deontay once again at the four-yard line. Took And then first and goal took Javon a little bit. Uh, and then Nick tried to connect with Jacob. And then third and goal, we were able to get in for Bryce Noah for his first Saluki touchdown. We mentioned how he can be just such an X factor. And, you know, he might, you know, start off slow in a game potentially like he did in this one or he might be pivotal. Uh, I wasn't able to watch the second half, but I know you were tweeting, you were watching, oh, what was the play and how did he get open and was it a nice play? And like I said, first Saluki touchdown for Bryce. 
Yeah, it was one of those. I mean, this guy is the ultimate chain mover guy that gets open, quick little quick moves. Um, he ran a short little route over the middle. Um, finding guys over the middle, either it's a slant by one of the twins or finding Bryce running a quick little route over the middle, found him in the back of the end zone for a great touchdown. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of shocking that we know he was banged up to start the year, but we knew once he could be the X factor to really move the chains. I mean, if you go back to Branson Combs freshman year, I mean, this is the kind of role Branson was in. The guy that came in, moved the chains, and was a guy in key spots for us. This is what Bryce has done. He's becoming more and more involved in this offense. Um, great to see he get his first touchdown in a big game like this on the road. Yeah, and we talked about how, because we're kind of just on top of everything else to cover for the current team, we were kind of been establishing maybe what next year's team could look like of like the players we have on the roster now. Cause that just reminds me that how pivotal Bryce can be that all of our best receiving options right now are seniors that will not be returning more than likely. So uh, thinking about what the future can hold. So we will have that try not at all during this season. We will have it into the, you know, when the season's over into the off season, obviously when those start get going of what it could look like. And we know tons of transfers who come in, we're hoping for a lot of them at different positions. So we'll get into that in the off season, but yeah. And then, Noah, you also saw Clayton Clayton Bush have an incredible interception on this. When we talked about Clayton's ball skills, and he can lose you games making mistakes, but he can also win you games. We I don't think we mentioned it when we were recapping the North Dakota game, how huge of a stop he made on fourth down to knock the ball out of the tight end's hands, hitting him in the red zone to end the game. And like I said, hit or miss, he'll be making mistakes. But, no, this was a great play because then it set us up for a one-play Avante 41-yarder for the touchdown to give us that 38 unanswered points in this game, Noah. Uh, like I said, Clayton, what do you think? I mean, that's Clayton is so athletic, he can make interceptions like that. And then dive us into the, because you were watching it, the play that it was, the simple. We know it's either out of a timeout, out of a turnover, out of a quarter. We usually have stuff dialed up right away, Noah. There are only seven seconds on the clock, or it took, sorry, seven seconds of this play. Noah, dive into that pick and then that play for, that got Avante six. Yeah, I mean that's what that's that's the Clayton Bush we know. He's that center fielder back there. Um, he's a he's a ball hawk. Incredible diving interception on the play. Um, and yeah, yeah, like you said, I mean Nick Hill has been really good at this all year long. Um, something um, happens, timeout, halftime. You want to or turnover. You want to take that really that shot right away. And really, I mean, I this that that touchdown right there to um, Avante. I mean, it's the ultimate post route. I mean, this is the, this is kind of the deep ball this year. Really Nick Baker's kind of overthrown. He's thrown overthrown Deontay. He's thrown Avante a couple times, um, but he hit some of this deep post route for a touchdown. Um, basically put the, put the dagger in the bears right there, making it 38, 14 at 10 to three. Yeah, I know they had it a little bit, then the quarter ended, and then they did get to that point. Uh, and then he was he just kept getting sacked. I mean, he actually connected some passes. Actually, they connected on a second and 14. They extend their drive. There was a delay game they had, so they were once third and three, then they were third and eight. They couldn't get anything involved. I mean, we'll get to it. The only other score they had in this game was in the fourth quarter. 
They did exactly what we expected them to do. He got sacked by PJ, who's done a great job. We'll get into the stats. He's one of the leaders in sacks on the team and tackles. He's had a quiet, great season. He had a sack here for 12 yards on fourth and eight, so turnover on downs. And then, no, we go, and uh, Jake missed a 45-yarder. But before that, it was all Sean Lester. We talked about how you didn't want to throw Justin. And Justin got hurt in this game. Uh, we mentioned Romir not playing, and Javon was doing everything, so we had to rely on a certain guy, and it was Sean. So we just had him get reps in this. Uh, they also had a personal foul call before this to get us to their 33, and that's when Sean connected. But, no, Jake missed on a 45-yarder. Uh, was it left or right? What was it? Um, I honestly don't even remember. But, yeah, I mean, that's the range he's been struggling with this year, obviously. He's missed a couple extra points. But we're used to that being automatic from Nico. Um, I'm honestly – I mean, the way he's kind of been struggling, I mean, I'm honestly in a game like that, I wasn't surprised. I'm not kind of surprised that maybe you don't stick in Thomas Birch in there for a couple tries for a field goal. Obviously, you don't want to take the confidence away from Jake. and But competition, maybe, maybe make that a little of a competition, obviously. He's probably pretty good in practice, but he's missed some field goals this year. We'll get into the stats later. The, the updated stats later when we talk about stats, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just missed another one. You're right. Cause uh, Thomas Burks has been usually kicking it out of the end zone. There's one here kickoff for 36 yards. You no, know, we remember Connor Lair who was a commit of ours and then went to the bears and he saw a lot of action as a true freshman, really on kickoffs. I know you were texting me about him. That uh, was it that he got, uh, I don't remember what you said. What was it that you said about him in this game? Or is it just fact that he could, probably couldn't get anything going on their returns or something? It was uh, – they – I mean, their, their, uh, their kick returner averages over 50, so we were kicking them short, and he was one of the upbacks, and he mm-hmm. just got – it was one of the – he got popped one, one time. I just laughed at it because um, revenge that he lost us after he commits to us and he switches over. He flips um, late in the process, and um, him seeing action and getting popped like that's pretty funny. Yeah, and you're right. He was, you know, since he was an offensive guy, that we definitely tried to avoid their kicker, and then he found the ball ironically, and then had that happen to him. Yeah, that is ironic. Uh, but then, no, they go down, and you know, it's kind of garbage time. Maybe our defense is a little whatever. I said uh, Tyrone Scott got hurt and didn't return, but he, he did come back in. He actually had a nice game. But uh, they went 10 plays, 72 yards, three minutes off the clock, and scored their only sec- their only second-half points. We punted. really took two minutes off the clock. Uh, and then they had a down once again. He uh, got sacked by Richie, who had a couple in this game, of course. Uh, they, had a, they had a personal foul after we sacked him as well. So then their second, 29, Jacardi Wright almost got him. Or got 16 off that, third and 13, fourth and 13. And then Shelly tried to run it for 10 yards, got short. And then I know we just took knees after that. So, like I said, everything that we expected from Missouri State is what they did. They've been doing that. I think there was a – what we said in the pre-show, I mean, they've been out, getting outscored in the second half and in the fourth quarter, like numbers I've never even heard before. They scored 14 and then scored seven in the fourth. And we did all of our damage in the second and third quarter. We didn't score in the first and fourth. But uh, we'll get into um, – 
Well, let's jump into the second half box score, Noah. I don't, I don't think I was able to. Or yeah, we did. Sorry, I, we didn't post it on our on our final tweet because I wasn't able at the time to find the uh, the de- the defensive stats. So I wasn't going to put all of them. Obviously, knowing that we were going to end up talking about it, so we'll dive into we're getting the takeaways and dogs of the game. Let's dive into how this box score ironed out. Yeah, I mean, a really complete game. I mean, besides the two middle quarters really dominated and we just basically went into uh, cruise control on that fourth um, to take some time off that clock. Um, but if you look at it, uh, Nick Baker um, still not turning the ball over a pretty good 21 of 30 for 253 and two touchdowns uh, was sacked twice in this game. Um, not as much as Jason Shelley. Um, pretty good game. What we expect from Nick. Um, he's been really solid. Uh, Javon throwing um, two of three for 37 yards. Uh, pretty good. Pretty. We see it. We're seeing it a little bit more here late in the year. Once we get in the middle of the year, um, Javon's still getting those attempts up, um, trying to make those plays, catch people off guard because uh, we know when he's in that wildcat um, that most likely he'll be running the ball, but. Um, Trying to find, trying to find those tricks up our sleeve to move the ball uh, when we're struggling at some points. But um, pretty efficient day from uh, Nick Baker. That's what we expect from him. Yeah, uh, a huge disparity in sacks. You're right. I was really end up saying that we sacked him six times. We'll get to who done it and the defensive stats to only two of his. Nick was pretty efficient. We mentioned how he hasn't turned the ball over in, in a long time. He's he takes care of the ball more than honestly anybody and, and that's you know over the course of his career it just took uh him being more comfortable you know and making the right choices in games to negate all of that and he's done a really good job at that yeah uh Shelly had two picks only threw it 25 times I mean that's five less than Nick but we know with the Lee we just wanted to run the ball so uh how good of a passer he is they decided to just run a lot so we had our guy almost match their guy almost neck for neck Sean Lester the true freshman 17 for 82 uh, and about five yards per carry. And he had that 27 was his longest. That matched to Cartier right. Cartier had two less attempts for 84 yards, 15 for 84. He averaged about five and a half. So he's a stud. We know they almost got Otis Way, and then they transitioned to get him right from Kansas State, who we mentioned was teammates with Bo in high school. So he matched the veteran and the quality player our freshman did. So good job on him. And they kept talking about how before the game about how great our rush defense was and how bad they're – like we were number one in rush defense in the Valley, which is incredible to think about how how bad we've been in years past that that can just jump like that and be the best. And then they were the worst in, against the pass. And our uh, – well, before that, Justin, four for 28. We know he got he got the touchdown that he came out of the game. He was averaging seven per and it was only four ten. Simple math there. And then Javon, 15 for 53 with two touchdowns on the ground. Incredible. And we know that seems like what he mainly is and has been you know, over his career as a rusher. But he did get player of the week because he was doing it all in this game. Uh, so into receiving Deontay, 6 for 108. And Avante, 7 for 107. About perfect with one another. Avante was the only one that had a touchdown. Javon, 4 for 39. Bryce, 2 for 14 in that touchdown. He can be a key red zone piece. That'd be great because we you know there's some people that we only almost don't even want to say to this point if who options that that could be. But it's Bryce, 
and that's perfect. And it's nice seeing Sean just get that one catch. That's all he had throughout the game. And then Jacob and Justin added a couple. 290 receiving no one. And the Cox brothers are the only the eight time in school history that they, we've had a pair of 100-yard receivers in the same game. The team had that. Not sure who the others were before that. It'd be nice to know. I'm sure a lot of them are recent. I'm sure a lot of the, in the Avante Landon era and the Raphael Darrell James era. We, we were talking about those earlier of, you know, gr- you know, in the Nick Hill era at positions of what we could have built a super team. We might have fun with that down the way of a team like that, but we'll save it. Jordan Burner quoted it. The great Jordan Burner, he's one in that that we'd say we would love to have on this current team. He said, two healthy cocks are hard to stop. And then Bryce Notry said, twin them. So a, a lot of action from the alumni, the great alumni that we have. That's how that went. I mentioned Ty Scott. He had four for 60 for them. Now, Noah, into the defense, uh, we just had it. I mean, it, all across the board, we had a lot of people on here. Clayton led us with four or five total with P.J., five and five. He had four of his own. And then we mentioned how – and Clayton had the pick. P.J. had the sack and a half. Chris Harris had four. A lot of people had four. Antonio, which we'll get to. I think he's leading us in tackles this year. All those guys. And we had however many total tackles for loss. And, like I said, six sacks and two picks. No, what sticks out to you on here? I mean, outside of getting to the quarterback and rushing him, sacking him a lot and actually getting the win this time. Uh, like I said earlier, PJ's kind of had probably the most quiet, dominating year of playing off safety, off corner. I mean, he's he's been everything we could have asked for in an All-American season. It's been like a weird one, but he's got the job to know anything that stick out to you on either side of what I read offensively and then in the defense. Yeah, obviously. Uh, defensively, I mean, yeah, you talk about PJ and Clayton leading the way. Um, those guys coming down, be able to make tackles or uh, teams trying to get the ball out quickly on the um, towards the sidelines and trying to get some 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 room there, but guys making tackles, show tacklers. Um, really good game from Lewis Wilbert, big time active. Um, Nick Okiki, not even on, not even on the the stat sheet here. Um, so quiet game from him, but uh, we know Lewis has been backing him up, so uh, maybe some more reps. Um, I mean, eight sack or six sacks, eight tackles for loss. Um, this defense is really starting to get going just like we need them to in the rest of the way. I mean, PJ coming on those blitzes, it's, it's, it's not quite flashbacks to seeing able to see last time we saw Trey Lance, just remember Jeremy coming, coming right through the middle, putting a big hit on him. It's not quite seen. A Jeremy Chen blitz, but uh, him coming off that, uh, we've seen some corner blitzes as well with um, with DJ or David. So um, blitzing some some weird blitzes, getting extra sacks. Richie another big day. I mean Dewey adds another half sack to his total this year. Crazy to see the guy he's become. So just a dominant dominant day defensively. Yeah, and uh, PJ was on the post game. He was the player of the game in this one, and he reiterated again because everyone keeps talking about how our defense was awful to uh, start the year, and then they all it took was getting comfortable. I think there was a stat that we gave up 96 points in the first two games, and then we've only allowed 76 during our four-game winning streak. So they've they've totally just turned it around. I mean, that is definitely just the way to put it. Um, 
just comfortability as, as time goes on. And a lot of these guys, yeah, we'll get into the stats. A lot of them just making huge plays and coming up whenever, you know, at the second half of last game, saving it and just coming up big when we need them to. We know over the, over the years, it seems like you're right. And we've said it a lot, how offense is on the, you know, either the scoring quick and the defense has to come out and have so many snaps and last year's defense probably led the FCS and total snaps. So it's just nice to have the depth. It's nice to have just playmakers on this team. And they're coming through when it didn't seem like we were going to. You know, we'll get to the stats. Maybe we're still near the bottom of, you know, points allowed. But that's mainly because of those two games. So we've definitely turned it around. So we had nine more first downs than they did. We were two or three, two of three on fourth down. They were one of four total yards, 419 to 285. We outpassed them for close to 100. Uh, yeah, and then they're rushing. We ended up having about. 39 more rushing yards, no turnovers once again to do to their two. So they, uh, we had five turnover or five penalties to their seven. And then, yeah, time of possession was about 11 over that. So just a dominating win, Noah. Uh, give me, uh, I'd say quickly, the only takeaway of this game I would say, Noah, is to start stronger. Cause like I said, you can't be able to start this slow against every team and expect to be able to come back and things go your way. So I think that's, from this game, the only takeaway is maybe run the ball more because it's obviously successful because we talked about Missouri State's got a nice defense. You know, they'll allow a lot of points. They allowed the most points, I think, most of the year. Uh, but it, it's establishing the run maybe and starting stronger. Those are my only takeaways. Dive into your final thoughts, but quickly, wasn't there an offensive line? We sneak peeked it maybe earlier. An offensive line change in this game? Yeah, there was in the second half. Um it was – they really – they went back to what we started the year with. Um, so, it was interesting to see. Obviously, we know it's changed because of injuries, um, but they moved Bo back to right tackle. Um, they got Sam Buck, who had, was battling. Uh, it was a concussion um, for a little bit. Um, but, obviously, so they moved Sam Buck back to left guard. Um they moved Evans out um, to the left tackle. Um, so uh, it was interesting um, to see, obviously, obviously it's probably just for reps. Um, we know Abdu struggled a little bit here and there, but um, he cleaned it up for the most part once the offense really got going. So um, obviously getting guys reps in that second half when you're up like that and uh, getting Sam – Back into the flow of things, obviously you can do it in practice, but you can't get the actual gameplay in practice. But, yeah, obviously dominant win, um, five of five in red zone chances for us. Uh, four of those we put in, in the end zone, so that's big time. Um, dominant win, big win. We needed this one. Um, getting that revenge, they've beaten us two in a row. Um, really taking it to them. Um, getting a win, pretty much almost putting them at the bottom of the conference right now. Um, probably unless um, I'm just trying to think of their schedule off the top of my head. Um, I can look it up here real quick. Probably putting an end to their season. Um, I know it's a long way. Um, I don't know exactly when their bye week is, but um, they if it's late like ours, um, it's not good for them because they probably need a break if I were them right now. But um, they're 2-4 and four now, 0-3, oh losing four in a row. They go 
they have a bye week next week, so perfect, probably perfect timing to reset the rest of the way. Um, four losses, it'd be tough to get in, but they know how they like the Valley. So if they can run the table, which at Northern Iowa out of the bye week versus Western Illinois, at South Dakota versus Youngstown, and at Indiana State, the really winnable road games in that Youngstown game. But um, so obviously. Um, if they can take care of business, I don't think they get in, but they still have a chance, but we pretty much put an end to their season. Great point, yeah. Um, you're right. I, I, a lot of that is manageable. Some toughness there, but they will. And we, we thought at one point when we were down 0-2, it's like we need to run the table. And we have since then. Uh, we did not expect to be Northwestern, and that happened. And then this game, and then we expect – and. You know, hopefully today, every game is not going to be easy, obviously, but you got through the, one of the, like, arguably the outside of Northwestern and North Dakota State, the toughest game of your schedule. Now, it eases up. You can't lay the throw off the gas. They always say that. They're always looking ahead. They celebrate the now, but then they look ahead. Uh, quickly, Noah, dog of the game. We haven't been doing post-dogs. I think we've done it one time. Forget to a lot. I think we can agree on this one. About offensive is uh, LaShawn Lester doing what he did, true freshman coming in and running the heck out of the ball and matching Jacardier Wright. Uh, unless you disagree and then dive on, uh, who do you think a defensive dog of the game in this one? No, I agree. I mean, I know Javon got player of the week in the Valley, um, offensive player of the week in the Valley. But, yeah, LaShawn Lester, true freshman, stepping in the way he did. Um, I honestly – I like Justin Strong game. I like Romier's game, the change of Bert and the change of um, each of them, what they can do. Justin in the passing game can really do it. And he's a strong runner and Romier, the change of burst, the burst he has, but we're starting here to get here. Once you get into late October, the weather's starting to change, get colder running a guy like LaShawn and Javon, but two power guys don't guys don't want to tackle guys like that in the cold. So you may see more of that here, especially if he's going to run hard like he does. Obviously, a true freshman wouldn't play, but I agree with that. LaShawn, um, defensive, I mean, you can give it to a lot of guys. I mean, Branson made plays. Uh, PJ made plays. But um, I think he was defensive um, defensive player of the game um, team-wise. He really impacted the game strong up front, and that's Keenan Agnew. Great point. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing with Sean is the fact that we had injuries to our running backs and he had to step in. I think that is well-deserved of the dog of the game producing, but knowing you had to produce with other guys out and he had to take over. Yeah. Keenan, for sure. We know he's, he's been involved and we'll get to the stats and, you know, he'll have, he has a lot of tackle, tackles for loss. He gets, he gets sacks. He's just, I mean, he had a, you know, yeah. Second and a half in this one, along with one and a half tackles for loss. So, one of his most active games, you're right. And Nick talked about him on the presser because he was asked about his importance on and off the field. And uh, kind of like, you know, he's had a – he was really a depth piece for a lot of the first half of his career, and then he was able to jump into being a catalyst, and that's what he's been. So you can kind of, you know, compare like him and Jacob Garrett of like they're doing their role and then they break out on their last year. That's just great to see. Keenan, for sure, I would agree with that. Other than that, I'd probably just say PJ because he's doing it all. He was on the post game, and but you're right, a lot of people could go to that on defense. And we mentioned buys earlier, and I just remember this now. I was going to remember it. 
that Nico said we have the latest buy in the whole season. So we know that's, you know, three weeks before the season ends. So it's, it's almost like they give sometimes, you know, Missouri states, as you said, is next week, which it'd be a perfect time for a bye week, but us and he'll and he talked about the injuries and that injuries are going to happen. Um, but once we get to that point, it's like they give it to like teams they expected to be good. And that's why it always benefits late season buys. You know, you try to do your, and to, it'll be right before we have our other two biggest games of the year. So it's going to be important at that time. So that's actually a perfect timing by for that quickly here where Avante rank we mentioned, and Mike usually tweets about uh, maybe, I, maybe I don't think he had one about Nick Nick's all time ranks, but he did have Avante. Now we mentioned how we tied Cornell Craig. Surely he can beat it. Yeah. Cornell Craig, 38 catches in 41 career games, Avante 38 for 38. He's right behind Landon now or touchdown or he's tied with him in touchdown receptions. Maybe he'll pass him. We know he's been struggling to find the end zone. Uh, and then receiving yardage, he's right behind Mike Hole. Uh, he'll get there shortly. That's about, about 21 yards, and then he'll be behind Landon, and then which he, he'll pass him maybe at some point, and then he's behind Landon and receptions about 18 away. Maybe he'll get that for the remaining part of the season. I'm thinking he will. No, incredible once again, thinking of what he's done in a short amount of time. That'll always um, – he'll just keep climbing and he'll go down in the history books, as we know. So uh, – I don't think there's anything else of this kind of game. Yeah, I agree. You know, just a, the win for the now and what you know your your games are the rest of the way. It's vital that you've got this one, and that's what they did. So, Noah, I got your final thoughts already. Let's dive into what our stats look like now as a group to start this year. Uh, we'll dive into team stats as you leave this in there, and then I'll try to find, uh, and you as well, some like FBS and where or FCS and where our guys rank in the whole country. Yeah, we have some uh, – just looking at overall, just start on offense. Uh, you're leading rush right now, through six game. Still Romero Elliott. I mean, Rowe's been solid. He's averaging 51.3 per game. Um, he has 62 attempts for 308 yards, three TDs, along with 55, which you saw in week one. Um, but right behind him – you get Javon with 56 for 195, three tutties. Um, he's been doing it all, receiving and everything. Justin, uh, Delina, he only has 40 carries for 142 yards and three touchdowns. So three touchdowns apiece for your three main running backs. Um, then the, and the two games he's played, 18 for 88 for uh, in the long of 27. So LaShawn Lesser getting in there. Um, then you have some guys like Deontay, uh, Zabrowski has a couple runs and Avante, uh, really saw Deontay in that Illinois state game, get his yardage there. So, um, obviously expect to see the layers of each who, who gets the most attempts, the yardage, um, Rose still leading the way. So, um, when healthy, he puts up really good, um, Three change of pace guys. Now you're adding four. We saw what we saw four last year. So um, wouldn't be surprised if we see more four guys rotating this the rest of the way. Yeah, for sure. That's what we would want to see. That's what we mentioned. Pop Jones, who's been hurt, and we realize that he he'll be in his third year next year, which is crazy. And he's barely seen the field. We know he's talented. We would have thought he'd be in the mix, and he will. 
as long as he stays here and his career goes on, we, yeah, the four-headed dragon we had last year, we need a new four-headed dragon, especially with some guys are beat up. That's what Sean Lester's here to do. They love him, and he's getting the job done. Yeah, we have 11 total rushing touchdowns on the year, three from Justin, three from Roe, yeah, three from Javon, and then two from Nick. Quality there. And then, yeah, receiving Deontay. I mean, him and Avante are right there with one another, and Deontay's done it. He's had a lot of big plays, more big plays than Avante this season and six less catches in about 25 more yards. Uh, but Avante still has four touch. Jacob Garrett, we know, had the four touchdowns, and that which is just insane. He's tied with Avante for the team lead. And so we only – and then Ties has one. We remember the Northwestern one. We were going to get into Ties that we haven't seen a whole lot of him for some reason. We don't know if he's dealing with an injury or just other guys are playing over him clearly and taking his taking his reps. We know that, you know, it, it just seemed like he hasn't been the same since Northwestern at all. We know he's bobbled a lot and he's, you know, dropped a lot of potential touchdowns and he did in that game and he almost bobbled the one he even caught for the touchdown. Bryce has him matched now and Dayton Mitchell has one. We know in garbage time, one of the games. So uh, Zach Gibson, only four catches on the year. It's shocking to this point. Jay Jones, one of 18. Uh, and other guys that stick out. But, no, we know we have our core guys in receiving. And Javon, 16 for 190. Getting Javon catching the ball, obviously, makes it to where maybe you don't see a Tice as much. And you have the Cox brothers single-handedly getting you downfield. Maybe you don't need a Tice to get you downfield. We know he's blocking and stuff. But uh, Aiden Quinn has a catch as well for nine yards. Jake is 20 for 22 on extra points. Eight for 12 on field goals. Yeah, we would like to touch that up. Uh, but, yeah, he – can, and he's not missing them by that much, or they're blocked. Obviously, that counts towards your misses, so that's just better special team coverage. That's not even on him, and he's had what? So out of his four misses, two of them have been blocked, so two have been missed on his own. So that's not that's not his fault, hundred percent. So we still count on Jake. You're right. We could see it. We could see you know Burks come in potentially, but I think they're they're bought in on Jake no matter what. So now Noah defense. Um, Hold on, offense, wise, offensively, real quick. Ahead. Offensively, uh, rushing-wise, obviously using the rotation like we do. Um, none of our guys are up and up in the top in the FCS. Uh, but Deontay is 45th in the country in receiving, and uh, his brother Avante um, right behind him in 60th. So um, two guys in the top 60. Expect those two to climb the ways um, a little bit here to finish probably. Um, maybe in the 30s, hopefully, to get those guys going. Take a point. I was going to dive into uh, Nick, and he's he's got 11 touchdowns, and he's at least – let's see, where is he? I think they do it on the website by, like, at least two – oh, no, here it is. So he's on here with 11. Oh, boy, Tim uh, Demorat from Fordham has 30. Lindsey Scott has 27 passing. And the next closest is 18. It's just incredible. But Nick is on here. And Paxton DeLorean of SEMO's got 14. But, yeah, Nick has 11. He's on this list on the first page at least. Uh, and I think I was going to look at Noah Diving before, so I could find some more. Any other – if you've looked about where, like, maybe in rushing, we're probably like one of the – we're a good rushing team. But since, you know, Romir didn't play, he's still our leader. So he's backed up to what other rushers of a leading of a team would be. I was going to look at some defense and where we rank in tackles and such. Any other offensive stats that you see that we rank relatively high in maybe? Uh, I do know Nick is 24th, tied for 24th in passing yards. Um, 
like you said, Tim Demore at Fordham. Um, they have a high offense. Lindsey Scott up there. Uh, Shadir Sanders. Uh, Dresser Win from UT Martin. Paxton Deloria at top five. So, um, yeah, a lot of uh, kind of maybe expected Nick to be a little higher, but he has had some games where it's been in the 170s, 180s passing-wise, so not a lot of high passing attempts. But, yeah, obviously, um, rushing offense, I was going to look to see where we were. Uh, North Dakota State's third. Davidson leads the way. Um, rushing, they average – I mean, they play – it's the conference they play in, but they're averaging 363.7 yards a game rushing. So that's a pretty impressive number. Um, Youngstown State's like 27th. South Dakota State's in there. Um, going down, I don't see us in the top 50. Didn't expect us to be up too high. Um because of we don't rush the I mean we rush the ball some I mean a lot of our a lot of our stats go to certain plays we use the ball basically to set up the set up the pass a lot um, as I scroll down 69th in the country that's 130 a game so um, not very high I'd like to see I'd love to see that be higher but um, in our offense didn't expect it to be. Um, too high. Yeah, for sure. And even, um, yeah, I mean, some of these, some of these other high powered offenses, like that's why, you know, they're good from the get go of games. We didn't score in the first quarter. We barely got anything going at all. So that's where we kind of dig ourselves a hole. So really we're not going to be up near the top of any of the, you mentioned Deontay on some of those lists and we'll get to some defense. I just saw, I think the website has Richie at five sacks has Dewey at like four or four and a half, and they're on the first page of sacks on here. But, yeah, I don't expect this to be in there near the top of any of those because some teams are just great right away. Even the teams that either are competing, you know, or in our ranks that we don't you – know, we talk about in the scores, but we don't know like all that much about in general. Like Fordham is a high-powered offense and some other of those that we don't talk about that often. Those teams just rattle off right away in games, and it's just incredible. So, yeah, we're ranked in some. So back to our – Team stats, P.J. leads us in total tackles, 33. Branson, 31. Big bounce back for him. Those two have been leading the way for us. Antonio Fletcher, we talked about maybe at the beginning of the year, we were counting on him to make tackles, and he wasn't doing it. The whole team wasn't, but he's 29th now. Clayton at 27 with David. Chris Harris, good to see. And then after that, it's D.J. at 20 and then goes off. Richie's our first defensive lineman with 17. I mentioned sacks on here. It has him at four and a half. Dewey Green's got uh, – where to go? He has uh, four, and then it's just crazy seeing some uh, David and PJ two and a half sacks apiece. Bowdry's got one. Keenan's got two. It's just cra- it's awesome seeing Dewey Green's emergence and the fact that he joined the party that uh, last game, and then Mikel with a sack and a half. Quentin Lee's getting one. Dune Smith twenty three. I just noticed because Nick's been sacked fifteen times, but we have sacked at quarterbacks twenty three total times. So that's where we didn't, you know, not saying expect to be this year, maybe from last year, it's definitely just a big uh, upgrade, as there are a lot of things here. Uh, pass defend, who leads us in pass defended? Looks like DJ at four. Clayton's got three. Antonio's got three. And then picks, we have four picks on the year. We've talked about how Branson should have another, and there's been a lot of, you know, chances for a lot of guys. But that seems crazy, Noah, right? Four picks. 
like I said, that one got taken off the board. It seems like we should have more. And we remember Barola's at Northwestern, Clayton's last game, and then Branson's only got two. We've been getting, and I was going to look at if it has forced fumbles on here. It does. How many do we have of those? Only four. four and we've, yeah. And we were recovered two. So we're really not, I mean, four picks and then four forced fumbles, two recovered. Not a whole lot of takeaways, but we're getting off field on downs, Noah, and having a lot of passes defended and just tackling a whole lot better now. But I'd say, obviously, we should have more picks and stuff. But that's kind of shocking. It feels like we have more to Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our offense isn't turning the ball over, but our defense is able to force three and outs and get off the field when it needs to. Um, but since our offense isn't turning the ball over, we are winning the turnover battles. So um, that's important in, in these conference games. Um, but, yeah, we're just really affecting the quarterback. I mean, we have 27 QB hits on the year. Um, I know some of those uh, – I know we've had some rough in the passers, but we've been getting after them. We haven't, we've yet to block a kick this year. Um, we're used to seeing that with Anthony Knight and, or Jordan – Jordan Burner getting in there, but um, hopefully one of those is yet to come. I know we've been close on some um, extra points, um, guys coming off the corner, but yeah, this defense really starting to hit their stride. Um, expect more turnovers to come. Yeah, and again, it's just crazy having other people like say other stats that we like lead the conference and rush. It just it's just crazy how far that defense has come, and then our offense is getting the job done. And, you know, in between right, – the last game was after the – it was only, all, like, all first quarter, all first half. and then But our offense has to be a little bit more consistent. But we're happy with where the offense is and the defense, yes, is coming along and being one of the best units in the league, honestly. So, they're they're flying around, and you're right, turnovers will happen over the course of time. So, a great win. We'll get our final thoughts at the end of it. So, now, no, let's dive into what other games happen around the FCS. A couple good ones. Uh, and then we'll get into some rankings. Yeah, we uh seen some seen some interesting games around the valley this weekend. Um, starting out over in Terre Haute, Indiana, uh, the North Dakota State. Yeah, this is the one. Yeah, North Dakota State looked a little little human over there. I mean, they still were able to come back. Obviously, um, they were score able to score right before the half to make it thirteen ten, but. We thought it was going to be 13-3 at half. Indiana State in the lead. I mean, Indiana State was a 30-point underdog coming into this one. Um, I mean, you can't let teams hang around. That's what happens. This is the Valley. This is one of the keys to the our game this week. Anything can happen. This is the Missouri Valley Conference. And North Dakota State struggled, struggled to get going. Um, they end up rushing for a lot of yards. I mean, like I said today, it felt like Lou Key or – Kobe Johnson didn't get going, so they let Tamaric Williams get in there, and he rushes for a career-high 145 yards and three touchdowns. So um, it's kind of like us. Two guys aren't going. We have a third or fourth guy that we can just get in there and get going. So the Bison stay alive. We know they have a big one this week. Uh, South Dakota State, 28-3 over South Dakota. Um, easy win. Isaiah Davis, once again, being Isaiah Davis, um, Jack Rabbits have won five in a row, one 107 yard, 107 rushing yards, two touchdowns for Isaiah. Um, he's fully back from that injury. Then Illinois State goes on the road and beats the UNI Panthers, um, 23 21. 
that's a big win on the road. Um, I think their backup field goal kicker um, kicked three field goals in the, that one to win the uh, to be able to win the game. Annex sat at a decent game. Uh, that's a that's a tough place to play. We know we had to go up there, lost last year. Um, then North Dakota, a team that we saw a couple weeks ago, handled handled pretty well. Um, goes on the road, gets a big win on the road at Youngstown, 35-30. I mean, I mean Tyler Hoosman had a 14-yard touchdown to put him ahead, and I think they blocked a punt to score to give him a little cushion late in the game. So, I mean, the Fighting Hawks, I mean, ever since they lost us, they get a big win at home against uh, Missouri State, then they go on the road and beat the Penguins pretty, pretty, pretty good. So, I know I think they have a bye this week before they host South Dakota State. So uh, the Fighting Hawks looking in, looking at where the standings are. Uh, three teams sit at the top of the valley at 3-0. Obviously, we know North Dakota State, South Dakota State, then our Salukis right behind us. North Dakota, like I just said, 3-1. and one. Um, Then Illinois State's 1-1. One and one. You and I is 2-2. Two and two. Then you go to one, two, three, four, oh, and two teams in Youngstown, Indiana State, and South Dakota, and Western Illinois. Then where we put the Bears at the bottom of the valley at zero and three. Um, didn't think middle of the pack or middle of the season, middle of valley play. This is what it would look at. Obviously, we were hopeful having having a chance to be up there. So did not expect Missouri State Bears to be zero and three. Um, crazy to see. Yeah, nobody did, and they definitely didn't. We saw some old pictures of them having boards up that saying, like, this team should not be playing with us, or I'm paraphrasing, but something like that. So they've kind of been, you know, having karma hit, you know, come their way for their season. And, yeah, if they unless they went out, I mean, they're pretty much done for the year. And there were so many great games this week. I mean, you're right. I mean, I don't know when the last time North Dakota State went to Terre Haute, you know, especially when you go to these bad teams to play. Anything can happen. That's why, you know, we don't really – we played however many, but two of our games this year on the road. But just having to make that long trip over there and have a scare like that, yeah, they just turned it on. They'd find guys left and right to to fill in and get the job done. So that was scary for them. And then that Illinois State UNI game, uh, there were points. UNI scored a cut at the two with like 12.50 left in the game. And then no more points. Some There was a – just wanted because it was funny seeing it, that Illinois State missed a field goal. You and I had turnover on downs. Illinois State punted, and then they ran out the clock. You and I couldn't get anything going. So that was a crazy game. And then the other one you mentioned, North Dakota is on fire. Perfect buy at the time. Yeah, that was a good game. Youngstown's kind of been struggling, but we know they're a good home team, and that'll be tough for us at the end of the year. I mean, you're right. I mean, that's the standings. And or that game next week you're talking about when North Dakota hosts South Dakota State, that'll be the game of the week because – Imagine North Dakota getting the job done. Granted, they'll be four and one. If we can win four and zero, oh, and then South Dakota State's three and one, then everyone just pushes up. We push up right behind the Bison. So that's crazy. So the top three teams: ninety-two points forced for North Dakota State, ninety for South Dakota State, and us at ninety-one. And then you got North Dakota and you and I who have played uh, one more game than everybody has the more points at one thirty and one twenty. But we are scoring. Only allowing 52. South Dakota State is great on offense, great on defense. Yeah, they shut down Carson Camp in South Dakota. Unbelievable. They only allowed 27 in conference so far this year. So they are the top of the top. But we did see North Dakota State seems, as you said, human. They seem like they're 
That's why you get them on the road. They've been to our place so many times the last couple of years, but getting them at that place, I think has them a little bit more vulnerable and it'd be nice to jump on that potentially. So that's a wait and see them. But yeah, the standings are what they are. Teams that are struggling, the middle teams, you and I, Illinois State in North Dakota, and then us in the top in the top teams. North Dakota definitely is a team to watch. We have the upper hand on them, which is great. I didn't know I saw some other games. Uh, Simo, Simo beats Tennessee Tech 34 to 20. So they keep on winning. We'll get to the to other rankings. UT Martin killed Murray State at their Coliseum and Murray. Quickly, any other games stick out? Um, we were, recalled didn't South, Southeast Louisiana had another tough game, and Carnet Ward won. Any other games that stuck out? Uh, yeah, there was a couple other um, ranked games around the FCS. Um, we know, like I mentioned, uh, I watched a little bit of this one Friday night. Harvard went on the road to beat Cornell. Harvard could be a playoff team. Uh, be interesting to see what they do over there. Um, the other games that were ranked uh, are interesting games. St. Thomas at home defeats Davidson 27-16. And we know St. Thomas, a team that's transitioning into or has transitioned into the FCS. Um, so um, they get a big home win to improve to 4-1 and one on the year. Um, some other games to look at, like you said, you mentioned UT Martin. Jackson State stays undefeated. Um, William Mary um, at home defeats Delaware 27-21, so two playoff teams right there going at it. Really good game. Um, Bronson Yoder led the way for for William & Mary, who has had a really good year. I mean, I believe – uh, they have an FBS win. I know it's only Charlotte, but that is an FBS win. It's like us and UMass a couple of years ago. Um, Montana State destroyed um, Idaho, Idaho State. So other than that, I mean, Holy Cross continues to roll. That's a team to watch out for. Lindenwood, yeah, people, people say Holy Cross can beat anybody in the country. So that's yeah, interesting. That's interesting. Uh, Lindenwood gets a win over Central Arkansas. Uh Lindenwood was a 21-and-a-half-point underdog, and they win by three, 52-49. Uh, Kennesaw beats North Alabama. Kennesaw in double OT. Uh, so they are two and three on the year. We know the rumors of them maybe leaving for the Conference USA. So, But um, the other big one was Weber State handles Eastern Washington 45-21. Um, probably puts the end of the year for Eastern Washington. So teams that a team you usually see in the playoffs, um, and teams that don't want to go play on that red turf up there in Eastern Washington. So some good games around the FCS, um, but we know exactly where we need to be around. Hopefully um, by Friday we have another bracketology for us for you guys to discuss. Yeah, you're right. I think we're in a perfect spot without a doubt, knowing how we started and how we are currently. Yeah, that Weber State, just seeing how they're 5-0, and that just, they were great in the spring two years ago or a year ago, and then and then we know what happened. So that you mentioned bracketology. That could be a matchup. Who knows? They'll probably get you know an at-large bid, and depending upon how we are, hopefully we can get an at-large bid. We'll dive into that. It's weird seeing Eastern Washington at 1-4. and four. They've had a tough schedule. But yeah, a lot of tough games there. So now let's dive into some rankings this week. The first one we saw this week, 
was from Hero and Sam Herter. He had us at 16, had Simo right ahead of us because he is, and it, and it makes sense. Simo hasn't lost since, you know, they only have one loss against Iowa State. They haven't lost yet. They played some close games, but giving them the edge over us makes sense, and that's that's how he has it. I'm sure that's how a lot of people have it. Uh, Missouri State falling out of his, but he's the first one. The triumphant poll had us at 12, has Simo at 16 on theirs. So having us at 12, it seems like how we've been playing, even though we almost blew at Illinois State, but I think this loss or this win on Saturday has us sitting around, I, I would think, about 12 to 15, and that's maybe how some of them have us as. Uh, but no other coaches poll. is It's just the next one on here. We'll get to some more. This seems like we talked about how maybe some are more important than others, even though coaches poll doesn't take a whole lot of things into account. 19, Noah, and Hasimo at 21. Like I said, Missouri State's out of here. But, uh, I mean, that seems in UT Martin at 14. 19 seems about right. We don't know what they're taking into account. Obviously, SEMO being behind us, they're not taking that. Austin P. it's cool to see them on here. Uh, and then North Dakota State still at one. Montana at two. South Dakota State at three. Noah, people are saying that they should very well be number one. Montana State at four. Jackson State is at seven. Weber State at six. Sacramento State put up a 50-piece on somebody again this week. They are so good. Carnet Word at 10. Chattanooga at nine. That good Holy Cross team at eight, Noah. 19, I think they have us a little lower than a lot of other people do. But, like, thoughts on that? And then, like I said, South Dakota State, a lot of people have them at first and they're third. Should they be first, you think? I mean, I mean, at this point, I mean, they've, they've proved to be, um, more dominant, obviously, and they're doing it without one of the, without one of their better players. I mean, they've along the way, they've taken care of business. I mean, they went on the road. That they've played a tougher Valley schedule than North Dakota State has. I mean, obviously, both teams handle business, but um, North Dakota State um, hosts the game this week. And I seen an article earlier today that said, said, should South Dakota State be favored on the road when North Dakota State's the home team? That's crazy to think about, obviously. Um, I would have the, and if I were to make rankings, I would put South Dakota State one. Um, but yeah, it's still, I mean, UT Martin, I think is too high. Um, I mean, another thing coaches wise, William and Mary just beat Delaware head to head and William and Mary's behind Delaware. That makes no sense. Still think SEMO has been ranked way too low. I mean, they beat us head to head on our place. So, um, yeah, obviously some of these rankings, I don't, I don't even care to look at, but still, um, we're moving up. As long as we continue to take care of business, we'll continue to climb. Um, hopefully, we can get closer to that top 10 before the end of the season. Yeah, and I think, again, I think they just take into account, not even head-to-head, they take into account, you know, what other teams did you beat? Oh, well, you know, SEMO lost to, or barely beat this team. They lost to Iowa State, even though they're much better than – they take so many of that stuff into account, oddly. So, yeah, it seems like that would be the case – but they just look at other games apparently. So FCS nation radio has us at 17. It's the one that they care about most. And we'll see it whenever they talk. We're 16th in the FCS. That's fans nation. Also with the uh, stats perform, we are 16. So that's where the team's going to ride it with how it is the whole way. And then we are on here again, a lot for the, when Reddit posted their imperialism map, then Noah strength of schedule that have happened so far. 
Our opponent this week, Western Illinois, is ninth on this list. We know they're 0-5. We are at eighth, and we are 4-2 and through those games. UND right ahead of us at 4-2. and South Dakota, as we know, 1-4. and Eastern Washington, like we said, very tough, 1-4. and Indiana State, 1-4. and Could have been 2-3. and Missouri State, 2-4 and in those games and losing four straight or three straight. So, uh it's it's crazy seeing Western and Indiana State, the two worst teams in the Valley, that schedule these games and put them to where they are. But, you know, if they play cupcakes, it shows them that, you know, once they play good teams that, you know, they obviously don't look or they're pretty much phonies. That it would look like if they're beating other bad teams. But it's good that they are scheduled hard. And we know it's South Dakota maybe dug their own grave, but they're a quality team as we know we play them. So there's those, Noah, we mentioned – with conference standing stand, now let's talk about real quick the only NFL Saluki that's going this week. He had a great week, and that's Ryan Neal against the Saints in a barn burner. He had eight tackles and one pass defended. Great game for Ryan. We know he's been having to fill in for certain things. Maybe a lot of those tackles are also for special teams, but you know he's been a huge part of the offense or the defense, and we know Jeremy is hurt. So Ryan's the only one doing that. I want to get that in. And then Noah dive in now to the commits games, all of them. And then, like I said earlier, there's one in particular. You can start off with him because honestly, it's the biggest one if, if you wouldn't care. Start off with Caleb Wagner and his stats so far, what he's done recently and then his season so far. Yeah, obviously, it's been um, a pretty good year um, for our commits. Um, a lot of a lot of guys getting victories, um, was able to look into it here really quickly i mean this past week caleb and his team improved to five and two on the year um, they get a 28 nothing win on the road at a rival school i mean caleb's team didn't even have didn't make a pass attempt in this game caleb had 26 carries for 224 yards and four touchdowns on the ground himself so um a big win uh for baker the Baker Gators and Caleb Wagner, um, pretty impressive performance. I mean, not even having to attempt a pass in a game is kind of crazy to think about, unless you're a triple option team. You're right. And that just shows you, and that's why I'm so glad we found his stats because we know that's what they've been doing. And we know he's in the national media over the course of the last couple of months. People have still continued to have this story, even big time national people. And then I was just looking them up earlier, and on this date a year ago, when the, when your Titans were in Jacksonville, he was there, obviously, and got to meet Derek, got a picture. I saw that on the feed. Just ironic, a year ago today, well, obviously with him breaking the rushing record. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Teams that don't throw, that just can, that run the ball like that, that means that they have a really nice running back, and that seems like what he's doing. So it's, it's awesome to see because those are the stats we know of. All of our commits would be the most eye-popping. So shout-out to Caleb. Can't wait for his future with us if he remains, which we're thinking he we're thinking he will. It's still still the plan. Yeah, I'm just looking. Um apparently I haven't I haven't watched a lot I haven't watched any of their games, but apparently his his team is an has to be an option team. I mean, uh he's made four attempts passing this year for twenty two yards. Um but what I assume their quarterback there are two quarterbacks that made One's made four and one's made three. I mean, they have two and they've thrown for two touchdowns all year. But I was able to find – I read some of the stats last week for 
or some season stats for some of our commits, but Caleb is 153 carries for 1,179 yards. He's averaging 7.7 yards a carry. He's averaging 196.5 yards a game. He has 10 touchdowns. He has five, five. He's out of six games played. He has five for 100 plus yards a game, or 100 yards in that game. So 10 touchdowns for him. Uh, pretty strong season going for him in his senior year so far. Yeah, and then you say, yeah, compared to what his season was last year, that he ended up with like 1,900 yards and then so many others. It's it's a uh, he's not doing as well, but he's still he's still doing great. So what's everybody else doing? Yeah, he's got he's got a couple more games to get there, but um, we know what he did in one game breaking Derrick Henry's career record. So. He has another one of them games. I think he'll be able to get there. Um, but um, staying down south, we can go down to Georgia and Amir Dwight and Crisp County. Um, like I mentioned, they were three and three, got over that 500 mark. They got a 37 to 20 win over Monroe. Amir had seven tackles, one tackle for loss, and one sack in this game. So um, big win getting over that 500 mark, maybe get a winning streak going. Um, before um, playoffs get here, I know certain states do uh, districts, so every team gets a chance, an opportunity, not like they do in the state of Illinois. Like you have to win so many games and be good to be in the playoffs. But um, hopefully they can get a winning streak going. That's a big win, 37-20 to 20 over Monroe. Um, also down south, down in Alabama, are two Prattville guys. Um, they – Improved, improved to five and two, um, a thirty-eight to twenty win over Jefferson Davis. So Carmelo Smith had three tackles. Our guy, our linebacker commit Tyce Cotry, six tackles, three tackles for loss. So he was living in the backfield um, Friday night. Um, then also, also down in Alabama, Cameron White, our newest commit wide receiver. They fall, they fall twenty-seven to seven at Florence. Um, a tough loss for them. Um, didn't he's he's the only commit to lose this past weekend. Um, but moving on to Miles Walsh out in Derby, Kansas. Um, I lied. They actually lost. I forgot. Um, they lost as well, fifty-two, fifty-one to an undefeated team. Um, probably a ex. It was probably an extra going for two kind of situation. But Miles did have ten tackles, one tackle for loss. Um, like I mentioned last week, he's averaging 11 tackles per game. So, um, he's a tackling machine. We know we got last year and last year in, uh, his name slipping my mind, but led the state of Florida in tackles. Um, Bogle. Yeah. Ben Bogle. So we got him, um, then moving on Logan Minton and Lafayette improved to six and two. With a big win on the road, twenty to thirteen over previously undefeated Eureka, a rivalry game. They get a big win, two receptions, twenty yards for Logan, but defensively had six tackles, one sack, and one tackle for loss. So, a big road win, improving to six and two. Um, then elsewhere, Blaine Howey and Olympia got over that five hundred five hundred mark as well, four and three on the year a win versus Pleasant Plains, 24-15. Um, then our guy, Aiden Durig, out over in Indiana at Crown Point, 
Um, running the table still, 8-0, 41-21 win against Chesterton. Crown Point is still rolling. So um, a lot of Ws for our commits this week, a lot of good games. Um, can't wait to see what they do this weekend. Yeah, and that just reminds us, even in our hometown here, it's homecoming this next weekend. We know where I and a couple of their players have offered them. Surely we can get them or have them remain in this area. And you're right, not a. It is. It's good to see most of them win this week, and because that's the season is getting close to being over again. It's just insane to see. So good job again on that. And now, Noah, we'll end this with. A sneak peek to Western Illinois, um, outside of knowing that they're winless and they struggle, and Nick mentioned a little bit, and we'll get more quotes about what he said about them at the end of the week. About He was asked about their running game, and they're kind of struggling with that. And Mainly, Noah, before you dive into small personnel, it's obviously just a game that uh, can't lose. you got to show out. It's going to be a great crowd at homecoming that it's the game that you can't win like you did. Four-game winning streak in the last week win and then lay an egg here so let's dive into them real fast yeah just obviously like you said win this team but obviously new coaching staff after last season um they moved on um but this is a team i mean they've had a they've had a tough schedule along the way they went at ut martin to start the year they went at minnesota following that week they had a home game against southern utah lost that close one um, then they had to play you and I in South Dakota State to start the year. So um, this is a team where it's going to be a battle, like it's going to be a battle of Rochester uh, alumni quarterbacks with Nick Baker um, and Clay Bruno. Um, very similar play style, so going to have to watch out there. Uh, Clay Bruno has been a pretty good quarterback. Um, hopefully he gets another start. I think Nick mentioned that. Rochester's coaching staff will be back. Um, we'll be at the game, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Receiving-wise, everyone in the, I've seen his name on one of the lists, Nassim Brantley, um, one of, in the top, one of the top receivers in the country and in the conference. So, um, yeah, not a big rushing team. Uh, struggle here and there. Their quarterback leads the way in rushing. So, um Excited to see what happens. I think each team has three Rochester guys, so um, old teammates going to be playing each other. It's like you said, it's, it's one you can't lose. No, and that's cool. And Nick was uh, giddy to talk about it, about this matchup. And we talked about how his brothers on the Rochester staff has been for the last three years. And it is, they're all going to be there. And it, it's going to be, it's going to be cool again to see, because we know they were at Illinois State. So now they come to Carbondale and watch all those. It's just cool. It's going to be a, a good game of facing buddies. It's important, though, to know, you know, what's going on the season, what's at stake for us with them playing. You're right. They have had a tough schedule, but, you know, they're coming off a bye. So maybe they were able to regroup and then come to our come to our place where we do struggle. So anything can happen, we will. <clears throat> so, yeah, we will dive into Western Illinois at the end of the week. Even more now – or, Noah, give me your final thoughts on this. Yeah, obviously, big win, big road win. Um Really, really after that first quarter, starting to do the things we do and executing and making our marks on the game. I mean, incredible, incredible way to put 38 points unanswered. Um, just shows you 
when we're doing the little things right and doing your job, that's how it's that how that's how it's can go for this team. I mean, we can play with anybody um, when we're doing our jobs and not getting in our own way, not being our our biggest opponent some, at, at some times. So excited the way it went. Big, it's homecoming. Going to be hopefully a big crowd. This team's on a winning streak, so we know um, it's going to be important. Pack the stands, 2 p.m. kickoff. Um, can't wait to dissect more of the Leathernecks on Friday. Um, did want to mention Javon Williams on in the doghouse tonight, so you guys yet to listen to that. I'm sure it will be out here shortly. We'll retweet it once we see it, so um, can't wait to listen to that. Good call. Yeah, we know Jacob and Richie have been on in previous weeks that knowing the caliber of Javon and coming off player of the week that more people maybe will listen to that. It'll be another long one, but you're right. Good call. That's happening now and will be up. Yes, we will retweet it. So, yeah, again, takeaways. <clears throat> Just got to start better. We'll dive into that and more expectations down the road. You got the hard game out of the way. Now you can not take any foot off the pedal, but just know that it's in your hands now until the end of the year after the bye for those last two important games. So amazing when we're in great standing as it stands today. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, go dogs.